several years together, we've looked at who were the witnesses of Christmas. This past Sunday, we began to look at the places of Advent, the places of Christmas. What, what do we see in Nazareth, a place that would, would be considered very insignificant, and yet it's, it's where God sent Gabriel to Mary. And then we also looked at really where Advent, where Christmas really begin, and that's heaven. It's in the heart of God. This has been his plans and purposes for us. We remember today why they went to Bethlehem. We remember that part of the story. But who is Bethlehem? Do you remember who Bethlehem is? What, what happens there? We, we might remember Rachel dies there. And we remember that tie in the Advent season and after in the Christmas story about Rachel, her weeping for her children. We remember Naomi's from there. We, we know that one of the judges was from there. But we, we remember especially Bethlehem was the city of David, right? And we remember that connection. But then when you get to Jesus' time, that city had not really lived into its name. When you get the prophecy in Micah, it basically says, Bethlehem, you're the least of these. Or as Eugene Peterson says in his paraphrase the message, Bethlehem, you're just the runt of the litter. But yet God shows up there. It's just like God to come to those places. But they had not lived into their name who they were to be, the city of David. I read one Christian author who was teaching a kid's Sunday school and, and trying to t- talk to them about, uh, we, it depends on how you interpret that word. We talked about this on Wednesday Bible study. Is it, a, is it a stable? Is it a cave? Where is it? But he was trying to communicate about the manger scene, and so he said there was no room for Mary and for Joseph in the inn. So they went behind the inn and what was there? And one of the children gleefully said, swimming pool? (laughs) Maybe in Jerusalem, not, not in Bethlehem. Little, least, runt of the litter. They had not been in that day living into their name. It's interesting names. Beth in Hebrew, house. Bethel, Bethel. The house of God, where God, where, where Jacob wrestled the angel, God was present. That place lived into its name. Beth Haran, that place, if you remember in Joshua 10, where the Lord cast down hailstones. More people died by hailstones that day, Scripture says, than by the sword. And it's called the house of hollowness. And it had lived up to its name. Names mean things, and we've got to live into them. What a significance that can be, not just for our relationship with God, but also in the ways in which we communicate faith to others. I have a friend in Brazil. I met him on my second mission trip to Brazil. His name is Pedro, Peter, Rock, and he's been a rock. I saw him a couple of years after that time, and he walked right up to me at, a, at another church where we were in Sao Paulo, Brazil, and he did this. All right, I don't know what Brazil sign that is, but I gave it back to him. Three. He says, I know it's been a couple of years since we've seen each other, and I want you to know it's only been three days. It's only been three days that I have not prayed for you. A rock. He lived into that name. I told you before that our Christmas Eve baby, uh, Joseph, was born after 24 hours of a very long and, and what became a very scary labor uh, for Sarah, 
Uh, and after that, our doctor said at that point it's sections from here on out, and they were a little nervous for us and about having other children. And after Joseph, uh, we miscarried, which was a heartbreaking season, and we're worried about what does that mean for us and for the future uh, with children because of her previous issues. And then we had a son. And you know the name of the son, and he lived into that name because God lived into that name. His, his name is Seth to place things in order. And it's just like God in our heartbreak to gift us to set that in order. Just like in Genesis 4, Cain kills Abel, and yet what does he gift to that family? He gifts Seth. Um, living into your name. What does the name mean, Bethlehem? And it simply means house of bread. It's the house of bread. City of David, yes, but the house of bread. And Jesus beautifully fulfills that name. This world might scramble like Beth Haran in hollowness, scrambling, trying to fill the emptiness in our lives. Hungry, thirsty, but what does John 6 say to us? What does Jesus say? I'm the bread of life. And you come to me, you'll never hunger or thirst again. And then he goes on to say in John 6, what we celebrate today, for you to have real life, for you to have eternal life, this body, this bread has to be broken and consumed. I not only am coming to be, as we celebrated today, your peace, I am coming to fill you, to give you that peace of God, but I'm also coming to make peace of, with you and God with my father. And so it's a beautiful picture it, it, in, in Bethlehem of Bethlehem finally living into its name because the bread of life comes at Christmas and he gives us his peace, but he also makes a way for us through his broken body, through his shed blood, that we might be at peace with God for all eternity. What are the names you need to live into? As we search scriptures, because of Christmas, because the Prince of Peace has come and has filled us and has saved us, how is it you and I need to live into those names? The name church. How do I need to recommit that this is, this is who I am and who I will be? The name follower. The name disciple. The name saint. What about the name friend of God? The family of God. How are we to live into these beautiful names that God himself has gifted to us and shared with us? We come this morning waiting for Christmas, but already celebrating and knowing that the very bread of life, which came into the world at Bethlehem, he came to fill us, to be the bread of life so that we would no longer hum, hunger and thirst, that we would no longer scramble to fill our emptiness, but that he would be enough. But also he came that he might be broken for us, that we might know and have life and life eternal. Christ our Lord invites to his table all who love him, who earnestly repent of their sin and seek to live in peace with one another. We celebrate and remember as we share together in this meal that on the night in which Christ uh, was betrayed, he took bread, gave thanks to God, 
broke the bread, gave it to his disciples and said, take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. After the supper was over, he took the cup, gave thanks to God, gave it, gave it to his disciples and said, this is the blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Let's pray together. Almighty God, pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and cup. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ that we may be for the world the body of Christ redeemed by his blood. By your Spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit and your holy church, all honor and glory is yours. Almighty Father, now and forever. Amen.